Hello and welcome to another episode of the Behind the Box Score podcast. This is now episode 11. If you just listened to episode 10, you're going, wait, already another episode? That's right. It's a bonus episode. And what for? Well, to talk the Tennessee Titans, as you may or may not know, I live here in Nashville. I do uh, radio. And so, I, you know, I've, I know some people that are close to the Titans. So I thought, you know what, there's so much going on. Will Levis obviously just named the starter. Uh, there's uh, offensive line injuries. There's uh, just a whole lot to talk about with this franchise as far as the present's concerned and the future. So I thought I would get executive producer and game day host for Titans Radio for 25 years now, Rhett Bryan, to join me. Thank you so much, Rhett. Thanks for coming on, man. Mac, I'm glad to do it, and uh, let's, man, we might as well jump in because there's a lot to discuss. <laughs> there's there's so much <laughs> happening. It, we were literally just joking uh, before we started recording about uh, this is a lot to talk about for what is a three and five team right now. Uh, obviously, next Sunday headed to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. But first, before we get to any of that, I want to talk about the quarterback position. Obviously, on Monday, Mike Vrabel came out and said committed which is what a lot of fans wanted. It was a full commitment to, hey, Will Levis is going to be our starter. He's QB1. Will is who we're going to go with. And Will Levis today was had his first press conference as a Tennessee Titan, made his first remarks as quarterback one, the 33rd pick in the NFL draft this season out of Kentucky for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, he was touted for a little bit as a top five, maybe even top one pick, and he dropped. The Titans took him in two games. He's looked fantastic. Uh, a hell of an arm talent. First, Rhett, I just want to ask you, uh, you got to talk to Will a little bit today. What did you see from the new starter in Tennessee? So there is, um, I, certainly he's he's geeked out to be the starter. I think he'd, he'd be lying if he said otherwise. But inwardly, um, he, he didn't really show that at the podium. But as a young guy, and I've seen this in an instant off the field in a function he and I did together, oddly enough, with Ryan Tannehill uh, a few weeks ago to see, okay, this guy has the earmarks of being a pro. Um, and, and so, you know, everybody always talks about, well, what does that mean when you say, hey, he's shown me how to be a pro? Where do I go? How, what, what do I do? How do I carry myself? You know, what do I do for my workout regimen and my diet? You know, that's learning how to be a pro. And that's it includes carrying yourself on and off the field in a correct manner. And I saw a guy who carried himself very well, uh, very complimentary of the guy he is supplanting in, in Ryan Tannehill, who has been the starter here for nearly five years. And, uh, you know, professionalism in an opportunity that, he pretty much has earned, I mean, 500 yards passing, four touchdowns, one pick, and two starts within a five-day window. Mm. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, he was a little more short and to the point, but very professional in his own right. Uh, and it started in practice on Tuesday because they played on Thursday. They, you know, shuffled this week differently. Normally, Tuesday players stay off. They had practice yesterday at the facility. And when it came time to start the one-on-ones with the ones, the first team, there was a moment there where Will Levis did not want to jump cut the former starter in this. And Tannehill said, hey, 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 listen, this is your time. Go. Wow. Because normally that has been Ryan Tannehill's thing to lead. And so those are the things that you see and hear that 
tell you they have a decent relationship and that Tannehill, while it's not in his job description to babysit and to uh, cater to the guy who is taking his job, but he's being a pro and helping him avoid pitfalls and showing, hey, this is what's going on. Because in, in that game against the Falcons uh, a little over a week ago where he had four touchdowns passing, the first thing you saw on the sidelines was him going immediately, sitting with Charles London, who is the passing game coordinator, and Ryan Tannehill looking at the Surface tablet and going over everything that was dialed up in that situation, what the quarterback saw, what his uh, Charles London, basically the guy that is helping him, saw see in this whole thing. So uh, the study is there, um, and I'm excited for Titans fans to see what this looks like going forward. You mentioned it at the top. There's offensive line injuries galore. <laughs> yes. The injury list uh, that came out today was lengthy, and it was expected to be that way. It's the first game I can remember in a long time, and I've covered the team for a quarter of a century, where all eight uh, offensive linemen that were active in a game in that one last Thursday against the Steelers, that all of them got a snap of some kind. Wow including Jalen Duncan, the sixth-round pick uh, from, from Maryland. But I'm excited to see Will Levis continue to strengthen the trust and growing the relationship between himself, that offensive line who protects him, but in, importantly, the receiving targets that he has in this. You already have seen that with DeAndre Hopkins. Three of those four touchdowns he threw in the, the Falcons game were to him. Nick Westbrook-Akine, yep. he is developing with. But there's one that has started in this last couple of games that has kind of been a reprieve for a guy who needed one, and, and that is Kyle Phillips, the fifth-round pick from UCLA from 2022, who has had injury woes. And, uh, you know, he, he got dinged up in returning punts. Who he, He's done a good job with that when he's been available. Well, now he's finally back and healthy, and in two, the last two games – uh, Kyle Phillips has seven targets for seven catches for 92 yards. A couple of explosive plays back-to-back in one drive the other night in, in Pittsburgh. So there's something growing there. And that to see what this will do for Chica Conquo at tight end, Josh Wiley, the, the fifth-round pick this year, the tight end from Cincinnati, and certainly what it will do for the third-round pick in this year's draft and, and Tajay Spears as a weapon out of the backfield. Uh, I'm excited at the prospects of, of what that might be, provided that uh, you know, that, that Will Levis gets the proper protection. Uh, I know who the left guard is going to be in Peter Skaronsky. I know that Aaron Brewer is going to be the center. But due to injuries, I don't know who the left tackle is going to be, the right tackle is going to be, or the right guard is going to be because Andre Dillard has had issues and health uh, issues in this last game. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, the right guard, has a right ankle, I believe, that is, is an issue in this. And then there's these reports that Nicholas Petit-Frere mm who was playing for Chris Hubbard, who's been out with a concussion, uh, has had a shoulder procedure done and, and it may miss significant time. So we'll see what that looks like towards the end of the week. Well, and I want to go back to what the mental aspect of Will Levis, because we've seen the physical. The The arm is through the roof, and it, it's unbelievable. But you, you're right. We, we, we've seen that in a lot of guys. We see guys come in all the time who, who can run a 4-4, and, and they're 220 pounds. They're six foot four. They can throw the ball 70 yards. I mean, you look at Joe Milton uh, over there in Rocky Top right now. I mean, he's got all the physical attributes, but it looks like uh, the mental aspect of the position is lacking. And you're talking about Will Evis going back 
to the tablet, looking at the film with the passing game coordinator, putting in that extra work. Are his and Ryan Tannehill's relationship, is that going to help him progress in the mental aspect of the game? Well, with Will, with with Ryan Tannehill being under contract only through this year, and we don't know what 2024 mm-hmm. holds, but in these last nine games, um, you know, I, I would think that that could only help Will Levis, especially if it, it, it appears and sounds like Ryan Tannehill is willing and able. Now, his job currently is to get healthy from uh, a high ankle sprain in his right ankle that he had tightrope surgery on that ended his season last year and get back so that he can be the backup in this situation. And that is his job going forward, according to head coach Mike Vrabel. But yeah, I can only think that that would help him in what Mike Vrabel did months ago to help whoever this was going to be. Because if you rewind and you go back to the very beginning of 2023, there was a lot of coaching changes uh, and especially on the offensive side of the ball in the Titans coaching staff. Um, and so he brings in Charles London, who he gets away from Arthur Smith and, and the Falcons. Uh, and Charles London actually had a first stint here with the Titans in 2011. Smart man. And I'm telling you, the man will be an offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator or a head coach somewhere at some level uh, in the very near future. So he brings him in. Uh, Justin Outen is the run game coordinator. He was the former offensive coordinator in, in Denver with the Broncos. Uh, and then Tim Kelly has worked with young quarterbacks as a former OC with the Houston Texans. So he's put all of these resources in for whoever. And this was before they even knew, you know, knew that they were going to draft yeah, Will Levis. Yeah. It was going to be for whoever it was going to be. And, and knowing that they were going to have to cultivate uh, a young talent. And so when you flash forward, now you're looking at, from the time that Will Levis was drafted to recently, that's a six-month window where he's been immersed with all of those resources and a Ryan Tannehill to help him along the way. So it is clear that he has made growth spurts in that time because there were moments in practices where he would throw multiple picks in a practice, and that doing that and, and, and between that and the game is two different things. But it's still the same repetitions and, and going through those motions. Um, and... I, I think they've worked with him on the mental part of it in terms of him being uh, very emotional with uh, being uh, a person like you need to in, in the NFL and having moments of amnesia where you yeah. forget the last bad play and even sometimes the last good play to stay at an even keel. Um, and so they worked with him on that because he even said so at the podium today that I would say I'm a little more relaxed, a little more reserved. And, and I'm learning more to dial some of that back and continue to, to learn, knowing that I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to make throws that I probably shouldn't have made. But the spatial awareness in the pocket that he has shown in two exactly. starts tells me he is already way ahead of the game. Let's forget the flick of the wrist that is freakish like <laughs> we have seen in years Unreal. with Aaron Rodgers and with Brett Favre. And I'm not saying he's those guys, but that kind of talent where he can just zip one uh, let's forget that for a second. I'm talking about in situations, there was a moment in the Falcons game where the dam broke in that offensive line and somebody came on a bull rush and he knew it was coming and he immediately comes back in a, I don't know, however many steps back and immediately throws it to his left at the feet of, of Derrick Henry. 
instead of taking a sack. Mm. There are those things yes. right there. Live to fight another down that you can't inherently teach a quarterback overnight. And the fact that he knows those things and have learned that and has shown that in a big boy world now that he's in, that's very encouraging. And well, and he's just checking every box, it seems like, Rhett. You know, you talk about him at the presser. He seems confident. He's saying the right things. He's waiting for Ryan Tannehill to really give him the A-OK and not step on any toes. And then you talk about the him, his on-the-field product. I mean, his spatial awareness in the pocket, the ability uh, to, to maneuver around in the backfield, know when to throw it away, uh, you know, know when to extend the play, when not to, low, when, know when to lower your shoulder, when to slide, things that most rookies don't even know. Here he is two games in. And then you mentioned it real quickly, the flick of the wrist. And Red, I have to know, mm -hmm. you've seen it up close. You've talked to him. Am I just drinking the Kool-Aid? I mean, I am over the roof right now about this guy's just arm pure arm talent and I mean I would conjure to say that it may already be top 10 in the league just the ability that he has purely to throw the football well Mac it's a short list of people who have had that talent and I mentioned two of them Aaron Rodgers is one Brett Favre is another uh and I'm not saying he's this guy that I'm about to mention but uh, Patrick Mahomes yep. has done yep. that he can make a throw off his back foot leaning back throwing across his body all the things you're not supposed to be able to do and shouldn't do fundamentally as a quarterback yeah. but can complete a pass to your receiver i mean he's done it already he did it uh i guess it was maybe that fourth touchdown that he threw in the yes. Falcons game to nick westbrook akini and it's like whoa that just happened uh so yeah that that part of it is extremely exciting He's a gym rat. I mean, dude is Dude's ripped massive. Up. You can see it. <laughs> he absolutely, he is a big yes. dude. Uh, and I think that there is the mental acumen to go along with that. Because I, I I did a function with he and Ryan Tannehill several weeks ago. And I had a moment to speak to him privately. And he, I said, you know, what's, what's your day like once you leave the facility? How much are you grinding the tape and looking at the film? And he's like, I will easily do an hour and a half, two hours. Then I'll take a break, have a meal, come back. He said he's Love doing it. it in you know one to one and a half, two hour increments, and, and, and doing a lot of uh, of those kinds of things, like you would anticipate that answer to be. Um, and, and again, I, I know that once defenses see film on him in more than just a two game sample so far, that they will make adjustments, and he will have to make said counter adjustment. Uh, and I, there's a big part of me that thinks he's going to be able to do that. And he will have some peaks and valleys in this, but, uh, the, the athletic talent and what mental acumen we've seen so far, it's like Mike Vrabel said today, it, it all seems to be there and it made it an obvious decision for them to move to, uh, to him as the starter. And one of the, for, for people who have asked, and I've had a bunch of people ask me, it's like, well, I, isn't it the deal that. A starter never really loses his job due to an injury. That is the, usually the case, but there are extenuating circumstances and outside examples of that. And and one of those is something we've touched on a couple of times just since we've been talking, and that's the health and the, the sol solid parts of this offensive line, which has had its moments and now is dinged up in three or four different positions. Um First of all, a 35-year-old Ryan Tannehill is going to be a little slower reaction time, yep. a little – and his delivery is different. The wind-up is a little different from what we've been talking about in the flick of the wrist, and I, I feel like that is going to help buy him a millisecond from 
the wolves at the door, so to speak, right? Absolutely. And so I think that's one of just many reasons why they made this change. And, and the biggest one, as you hear Mike Vrabel say, is he gives them the best chance to win. He does, and and you've mentioned the pocket maneuverability and the offensive line struggles, but I mean it was instant the the change that you saw in in and because you know Ryan Tannehill's in and going, wow, this offensive line is is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. Why that may actually still be a true statement, maybe earlier on in this season, uh, but it was also because of the quarterback. It was because of the inability to release it on time and get rid of it and have, like you said, the mental acuity to know, okay, I got to throw it in the dirt. Okay, I got to get out of here. Okay, I got to step up and fling it. And then you add the quick release onto that. We've mentioned all the peaks, as you said. What are some of the valleys? What are some of the lows that you think Will Levis could struggle with? Because I know as a Chiefs fan, we've mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes and his just innate ability to do whatever it, it seems that he wants to do on the football field as far as he throws, but that's when he gets into trouble too. When he says, you know what, I can make any throw. I'm going to do this ends up being an interception or uh, whatever it may be. Do you think that could be similar with Will Levis? I th- when you're talking about potential pitfalls, that's the first thing that comes to the top of okay. the mind because you're right. And, and not only uh, Patrick Mahomes is a prime example. And the other two that I've brought up in this, this podcast in Aaron Rodgers and Brett, and certainly Brett Favre. Yes. That riverboat gambler mentality where you're like, I got the guns, welcome to the gun show, and I'm going to rip it. And it's like, hang on a second, bud. There's a guy over there that just read you, and he's got the ball now, and he's got the different jersey on. He's not supposed to have that. And, yeah, I think that's the first one you think of. Uh, in terms of any other pitfalls that might be – I don't know what that would be off the top of my head, but having the athletic prowess and the the cannon to release it would be the first one that comes to mind because I think you can buy into that uh, a little too much. uh, To to use the line from Scarface, don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) Don't get high on your own supply. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like after that unbelievable debut that he had against the Falcons, which again, he's the third quarterback in history, to have four passing touchdowns in the NFL. Fran Tarkington is the first one. Another one was a Titans quarterback in Marcus Mariota in 2015. And then the other one was Will Levis the other day. And so much was made of that video that someone took of him coming up the ramp to go into the locker room and didn't get the interaction, or fans didn't think that he got the interaction that he should have with the head coach and Mike Vrabel. And I think that is part of what Mike Vrabel is trying to do as a coach in, hey, remember this moment. It's fantastic, but we got more work to do. And in that case, there was 96 hours later, another football game playing on Thursday night, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, oh, by the way, it's at Acrisure Stadium where they play renegade by sticks in the third quarter, and the place goes bananas. So, so you know, I think that's where they're trying to not too high, not too low, somewhere in the middle. It's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. But somewhere in the middle is where you want to stay. Well, and I think that's what they're trying to to in in uh, enforce in him. Well, and I think you mentioned it. I think Titans fans wanted an embrace from Vrabel, you know, to give him a big hug and say, "Yeah, that that out of boy," you know. And he, he's a football coach. He's got a full team to run. And you're right; he's got a game coming up in a few days, right after that win that he had against the Falcons in his debut. And I think that was all got a little bit blown out of proportion. Uh, would, would you agree with that? I mean, Mike Vrabel, he's in on Will Levis. 
uh, more than most Titans fans would ever know. Good. He's a big Will Levis Good. guy. No question. I love to hear that. And um, and here's the other part of it. If Will Levis keeps doing what we've seen in a two-game sample of Will Levis things, Ooh. he's going to get that bear hug from the head coach. Don't <laughs> yes, worry sir. about it. That is forthcoming. <laughs> it, it is down the road somewhere. He's going to make some kind of an incredible throw, or or maybe it's going to be a come-from-behind win. Uh, let's take example like a C.J. Stroud who just set the world on fire. <sighs> in the next Titans opponent with the Buccaneers in a barn burner, 39-37, 470 yards passing, rookie record for passing in a single game, and five touchdowns, no picks. Um, he may have a come-from-behind victory like that where he throws a dart to DeAndre Hopkins or whoever. Maybe it's Kyle Phillips, um, and, and it's a score and it, 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 with triple zeros. He'll get his moment with, with Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is in with Will Levis, and it's clear that he is or he wouldn't have made the decision that he did on Monday. Yeah, that makes me so excited. I mean, I'm not even a, a Titans quote-unquote fan, but I'm just uh, I'm elated to be watching this story unfold right before our eyes. And and part of that story, Rhett, that I, I really want to make sure we mention is Ryan Tannehill. 39 and 24 as a starter for the Titans, came in in 2019 for Marcus Mariota in a time where the franchise was kind of in limbo, didn't really know where they were, were headed, uh, you know, two and four, Tannehill takes over. Uh, I mean, Rhett, you'd know off the top of your head, what did they they win, win like nine of the next 10 games or something like that? Uh, mm-hmm. He makes the AFC Championship yeah. the next year uh, in 2020 and and just lights the league on fire. And he's been such a big part of, of this community and this franchise and getting them to this place where they're ready to hand off the keys to Will Levis. I, I, I want to make sure we give him the respect that he's due as well. There's no question, and you framed that very well because uh, he was uh, a tipping point in a place where they had they had some guns and, and ammo loaded in that roster, and it just wasn't working with Marcus. And I, listen, I've been to all of them, and I was there that day in Denver. It was, I don't know, seven, eight minutes left in the third quarter when they made the change. Mm. And in comes Ryan Tannehill. Now, they ended up losing that game um, 16 to nothing. It was a shutout. And I remember going to the locker room, and at this time, this is A.J. Brown in his rookie year. He cried. He wept for Marcus Mariota because he is like, I feel like I let my guy down. Mm. But what he started to do in those next few games and over the next season and two seasons, three seasons, whatever it was, um, it, there was some magic there. Uh, there was he Ryan Tannehill in a window of time there was putting up numbers similar to a Patrick Mahomes in terms of red zone offense and completion percentages and those kinds of things. I mean, they got into a spot where they were just rolling. And, of course, Derrick Henry was a huge, huge part of that. Uh, but, yeah, there's they don't make it to the AFC championship game that year without Ryan Tannehill. That's that's how much respect needs to put be put on his name, as they say. Uh, you can say Derrick Henry all you want, and certainly he is the genesis of that offense at that time. Um, but, yeah, he, he's a huge part of this, and he will always have his chapter in the Titans book. Um, and, and now there's a new page that has turned, and so here we go. Well, and you mentioned, I mean, his stat, I mean, just to kind of frame this, 2019, he comes in, he, he starts 10 games, they go 7-3, and 2,700 yards, 
22 touchdowns, six picks. Next year, he gets the full season, uh, 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, completing 65% of his passes. Uh, that next year, they go 12-5. and five. He throws for almost 4,000 yards yet again, 21 touchdowns, a, a little more uh, on the interception side at 14. But, I mean, in that little three-year stretch from 2019 to 2021, I mean, they go 40. Mackey's as good as anybody in the league at that yes, time. It, I, yes, I, I agree. I think you could have put him up there in that, you know, top five, definitely top 10 category. I, I'm, I know surely I was. And yeah, maybe he doesn't have that playmaking extending ability of a, you know, Patrick Mahomes or of that ilk. But Tannehill had all the throws. He had the athleticism. He could extend the play. He could fight through tackles. He, he had control of the game. And I, I want to make sure that's known. What Tannehill did uh, for the Titans was huge for those two and a half, three seasons. It was it was massive. And again, 39-24 as a starter for, for Tennessee. And Mac, one thing I want to underline with all of that is make no mistake about it. Ryan Tannehill is a tough dude. dude. Yeah. He is a tough. Mm. He has taken some shots in that window of yes. time. And yes, I know he had to deal with the high ankle last year and had the tightrope procedure and all that. I'm telling he is a tough, don't let anybody tell you any different. He is a tough hombre. He really is. And he's going to, you know, teach Will Levis some of that toughness, which it seems like Levis already a- attains right now. Uh, excited to watch him. And again, they go to Tampa Bay next week. And real quick, Rhett. Things to watch in this game. I want to hear about that. But first, is this a loser leaves town match? I mean, is this if the Titans lose this, can you kind of just chalk it up as far as playoffs and postseasons concerned? It's pretty grim. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. It's pretty grim. And, and look, here's the thing: in in a lot of ways, these teams mirror each other. Obviously, record is the same at three and five. I mean, Tampa is a mystery to me. They start out three and <laughs> yeah. one. And at that time, they I forget how many turnovers they forced. I want to say eight in that window. Uh, they've dropped their last four games. Uh, they're still plus eight in giveaway takeaway. Uh, and Baker Mayfield has found new life there. He is not costing them games. He's done very well. Uh, 12 touchdowns to just four interceptions. One of the fewest sacks per play uh, rates. One of the fewest intercepted per snap rates in the league right now, both those in the top five. Um, And he's got weapons galore. I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to be problems for the Titans defense. Uh, And by the way, their second over uh, fourth, fourth round pick in 2022. I was about to say it, man. K dot. He has a, he had a little come out party coming out party in Houston as uh, he, he rang up two scores there. And he's really come on in the last three games there. And then the one that is as dangerous as any of them to me, and I mean in terms of not super explosive plays, but keeping the chains moving, is running back Rashad White. Rashad White has 327 yards from scrimmage in his last three games. 187, I think, of that is in out of the backfield as a receiver. Now, that's the offensive side of the ball. The defense, you have to keep Vita Vea away from the center guard triangle. He is the guy, and this is no knock towards the 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 bookends that they have around him on the defensive line. But if he gets in there and does his job, then that makes guys like Levante David and Devin White be able to run around and eat as he's taking up space. 
what's interesting is the secondary outside of Antoine Win Winfield Jr. has been suspect. And of course, Sean Murphy Bunting is now a, a Titan and, and played his career there. Uh, they are very stingy against the run. They stack the box as much as anybody in the NFL, only 92.9 uh, yards per game right now. I think that's top eight in the league. But the passing offense uh, in, in opposing offenses is what has been a problem for them. They're 31st against the pass, mm. allowing almost 280 yards per game passing. Um, and you can get them on third down. Uh, nearly 49% of the time opposing offenses have, have had success on oh, third down. Oh, no. So, uh, no. Tell wow. me about it. Um, but the thing is, they still have dudes and they can play and they get paid just like the Titans do and anybody else on Sundays or, or a given day. And then on special teams, the, the, the field position is always super important. And in that phase, they've got a great special teams unit as well. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, their, their, their kickers only missed two field goals. He's perfect on PATs. And by the way, they have a Ryan Stonehouse. His name is Jake Camarda, the former Georgia Bulldog. Their stats, if you look at he and Ryan Stonehouse's stats through eight games, they're almost identical. 53, 52 and a half yards per, per punt average Ooh. gross, 43 and change net. Uh, both of them has had uh, balls down inside the 20, 17 and 18 times respectively. Uh, I forget how many touchbacks. So that part of it's going to be huge in this. I don't know that it's a loser leaves town match, but somebody better figure out how to win a ball game. And it's the Titans having to figure out how to win one on the road, which they have not been able to do in 2023. Well, you mentioned the passing defenses, defense struggles for Tampa Bay, and my ears perk up at the first part of our podcast here today, Rhett. And I think, okay, Will Levis, another day to light it up. DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Moore, Akine, Okonkwo, get going i'm excited to see it it's going to be fantastic red titans win can we get a titans win prediction god i'd love to <laughs> they need it so bad i mean they need it so they do. bad um i don't have enough confidence to say that that's what that is uh but i'll say this if it is it's because will levis has done more will levis like things and the titans defense has stopped the run which is so big in this because they've allowed 638 yards rushing in their last four games. And you'd say, well, Rhett, but hang on a second. They played Lamar Jackson in London. They played Desmond Ritter for part of a ball game who runs with his legs. Those two guys in those two games, 88 yards of that 638. Subtract that from that, that's still a problem in four games of what you're allowing. Oh, them. yeah. And that's a place the Titans defense is normally very good at. So got to stop the run. Will Levis has to do more incredible things. Uh, and they got to get the run game going themselves. And, and keep yes. Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears involved in this, so that one feeds the other. And there's comp they got to play complementary football. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be harmonious, and you've got to help Will Levis out. That run game, I, I believe, that's part of helping Levis yeah. out as well. And, and you're and Baker Mayfield's not turning the ball over, so you've got to make something happen somewhere. Uh, I want to win. I don't know that I can predict one. I just we got to wait and see what happens. I know I left you hanging there, Mac, but that's just how it no, is. No, it's okay. I'll I'll do it for you. Titans, they're getting a dub this weekend. I, I'm excited about it. Rhett, thank you so much for joining us in on, on the Behind the Box Score podcast. Uh, you can find him at Rhett B Tennessee. And, and Rhett, anything to plug for you? Where where can they go listen to your John uh, Titans radio? Okay, so um, we have programming throughout the week on Monday nights at six central with the Mike Vrabel Show, Wednesday nights at 6 Central with 
um, Titans tonight with myself, Mike Keith, and Keith Bullock, our great linebacker. Uh, that was a first-round pick in 2000. Uh, and then, obviously, game days. And I, I host network pregame, halftime, and postgame. And uh, we generally out, start an hour before kickoff. So we will start uh, at 11 a.m. on Sunday from Raymond James Stadium. And kickoff is set for 12.02 Central with Mike Keith and Coach Dave McGinnis. To pros pro, Rhett Bryan, thanks for joining the show behind the Box Score podcast. We will be back next week. With some more coverage of the gridiron, dive into all things NFL. And as well, we'll go over to the basketball court as well and talk NBA because uh, things are ticking up right now, as heating up, I should say, as far as the NBA is concerned. Rhett, thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back on. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all again on the Behind the Box Score podcast. <laughs>